Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to announce our latest brand sponsor, Legendary Foods. Legendary has created the unique treat that I'm obsessed with called the Protein Pastry, aka an adult Pop-Tart. That's right. Say goodbye to compromising on flavor for nutrition. If you're hungry for something better than a protein bar, you've got to try the Legendary Protein Pastries and Sweet Rolls. If you're like me and you're on a mission to eat better, build muscle, tone up, or even increase your protein, these are an incredible way to eat what you love without compromising your diet or goals. Y'all know that I love eating healthy and advocating for a strong body, but sometimes we get those sugar cravings and I need that fix. That's where Legendary comes in for me. These go-to high-protein, low-carb treats curb my sweet tooth while also helping me hit my protein intake for the day. I know you're going to love these as much as I do, which is why I begged them to be a brand sponsor for the show. They were so generous and gave us a discount code, which you can find below in the show notes. So hit the pause button right now and go order yourself some. I can't wait to hear what you think when you try them. Now let's dive into today's episode. Y'all, do I got a treat for you today. Today's episode is going to connect with you on so many levels. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have Carmen on the show today. She literally is such an amazing human. And, you know, I often chat with my guests for a few minutes before I hit record. And it's so funny because sometimes we get into these like deep conversations where I'm like, whoa, 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 we need to stop. Like, this is too good. We should have hit record already. And then, you know, we dive into something. But what was really cool about having a few moments together before we hit record was we both shared some things that we were up to. And she shared that she had gone to an event recently, a networking event that was kind of outside her normal events that she would attend, right? We we both know a lot of the same people. We've both gone to a lot of the same events. And she was like, I was just really craving expansion. And you'll hear that word a lot in this episode. And it's so funny because I literally just chose a new word the other day for myself. And that was the word, expansion. And so as she kept repeating, I kept thinking, how funny universe, like I hear you, I see you. And we shared a ton around, you know, what it looks like to show up in these containers of networking, right? We both kind of shared we don't love going to networking events, but how do you get intentional around meeting new women and bringing new amazing humans into your life to support you along your journey? So we got into that. It was super juicy. But Carmen is one of those people that was put here to do the work she's doing now. She is the founder of Flow Academy. She's a holistic life coach, speaker, and podcast host. She's one of those girls that I feel like has lived a couple of lives and that's why she's so primed to do the work that she's doing. She also has a school, a life coaching school. If stepping into this space is something you have been curious about, we talked a tiny bit about that, but definitely not enough to drive the point home that she has that to offer. We are definitely going to be doing a part two. This episode went on and on and it was just so amazing. So I hope you're out for a long walk. Maybe you're catching a flight. Maybe you're in the car right now, but it's a solid 45 minutes of pure flow on both ends from us. And I really loved how we kind of put a bow on it, but we will definitely be following up with a part two. So stay tuned. And if you love this episode, you know what to do. Connect with Carmen on Instagram. Let me know how this episode resonated with you. And if these are the kind of conversations you love being a part of. So let's dive in. 
Mm, welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. I'm excited for today's guest, as I always am, because it is such a privilege to get to spend quality one-on-one time with not only you listening to us, but these amazing guests that I just put out into the universe and then these amazing women just kind of come into my world. So that is the power of putting yourself out there is you get to be seen and you get to find other women who are amazing too, who want to share their genius. And then you get to have conversations about it. And then if you start a podcast, you get to share that cool shit with other people. So Carmen, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Oh, I love that. The power of the podcast. It's so true. I do this keynote, the power of the ask. But yeah, there's your keynote, power of the podcast. Look at that. She said power of the ask, not the ass. But I like both. And she's got a great (laughs) ass, by the way, too. So it could go either way, just like this podcast. So get ready to dive into some fun stuff with us today because you are in the energy of two women who have kind of figured out what they're doing in life right now. And I think there's something to be said about that. It's a very powerful place to be. And even just for the few moments we were connecting before we hit record, I can just see a sense of alignment and direction and calmness and knowingness in just your energy. So I just want to give you that to receive right now because that's not always the case when I hit record with people. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. I see that in you. I, re- I received that. And I reciprocate that back to you. So right away, we were connected, even though we've not actually connected like this before. It was like we were just picking up where we left off. So it, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, is that what my new best friend looks like? I didn't know what she was going to look like. <laughs> and it's so true. And I feel like that's not to say that you can't meet other people and not feel like an instant connection. But You know, I think in the entrepreneurship world, we have opportunities to meet new people all the time. And I would say sometimes I'm a little disappointed that I don't feel that connection with people. But I also know that it's okay, and that like not everyone's meant to be your BFF or your lifelong, you know, work friend partner or whatever that might look like. I think I'm just such a people person that I always have high hopes of deeply connecting with people, but also a sense of yeah, they're not where I'm necessarily at. So I can't expect them to be able to have conversations with me that I might want to have. What has your experience been like in the entrepreneurship world with just growing yourself personally, but then meeting friends? I didn't know where we were going to go here, but this feels very in alignment with what I'm dealing with in my life. So I wonder if the listener might really resonate with this. Yeah, I think they will. It's actually something that I talk about often. I was teaching this yesterday in Flow Academy. So Flow Academy is my academy for leaders, coaches, and entrepreneurs to learn holistic life coaching and get certified. So anyway, we're talking about relationships. And so going back to what you said is that you want to really connect deeply with everybody. But I pose the question to them is like, as far as your inner circle goes, like, what is your capacity to like really have those deep, meaningful relationships and also caretake for them and nurture them and grow them? realistically, when I think about it, my capacity is like three people for that inner circle. But as that outer circle grows, there's also these purposeful relationships on the outer circle that might be, you know, your business uh, entrepreneurship friends, your fitness friends, your hobby friends, you know, like other family and friends. And then on the big outside part of it would be like the community, that person you're really connected to. But I live in Miami and they live in you know, Idaho. So every time I visit Idaho, I make sure to reach out and we have dinner together and we just pick up where we left off. But that might be every other year. So having those different relationships, but being able to be fully present in them. So my experience is 
you have to be the one. Everybody asks me, Carmen, how do you make friends with all these influential women? Or how do you maintain the relationships? Or you've moved from Oregon to Colorado to Florida. And what are you doing to have like cool people around you, you know, and build relationships? And it's like, well, guess what? You have to be the one. You have to put yourself out there. You have to introduce yourself. You have to say, hi, I'm Carmen Oling. I'm 42. Do you want to be friends with me? <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. Yes, that, yes, I do. <laughs> Maybe not that weirdly. But for example, I just went to a networking event and networking events are not really my cup of tea. But this was different. Everyone was super self-aware. People were talking about wealth building, not making money. There were like elevated consciousness and it was really great. And I had opportunities to connect in different ways. And so I earmarked like three people, three women that I was like, I want to get to know these women on a deeper level. But then the event went long and I had to go. I didn't realize it was going to go this long. And so I took, I actually had business cards. Who has business cards? But anyway, I had some business cards with me and I put it in their hand and I said, I would love to connect with you. I loved our, your energy, spending time together. And two out of the three women that I gave the card to connected with me and we have future dates set up just to have meaningful conversations. And you never know, like it could be for a reason. It could be a season. It could be a lifetime. That's how I think of relationships. One of the three. Uh, growing up, we're told that everything needs to be lifetime, right? Like our high school friend and our our best friend and all these things. And everything has to be a lifetime. But sometimes we have to let go. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't come back. So these new relationships, they could be a reason. They could be a season or a lifetime. I'm not expecting like any them to fill any one of my buckets, but just to have a conversation and just see where it goes and really be open. And so you have to be the one to put yourself out there. It's not going to happen just sitting behind a computer. Although I have made relationships on Instagram because I do like make connections on Instagram, get in the DMs, actually talk to people. One of my coaching clients earlier, she was asking me about this and I said, well, it's like building a relationship. You can't just be like, go to like home base, you know, on the first date, you have to like start it out slow, right? Start engaging in their page and then send them something nice and start talking to them, you know, and work up the relationship. So I've actually been able to develop a few relationships on Instagram that's fun to then come and see in person. Maybe when we go to an in-person event together or something like that, that turns out to be really beautiful. But full circle answer, be the one. Well, and even in you maybe sliding into the DMs, like you're still putting yourself out there by showing up yourself on Instagram, by creating content, by being in your stories, by sharing your life, by documenting what you're doing, by talking about the conversations you're having with your coaching clients, by creating a course or a program, by starting a podcast, by having retreats. Like you may not be in real life with someone in that moment, but by you showing how you can be a part of someone's life, that is also the same thing as what you're saying of like, you have to be the one. And I see a lot of people as they get older struggle with letting go of past relationships and usually in friendship or work relationships that they feel so committed to because they've spent so many years there. And the struggle is real. Like for me to leave the industry after 22 years, I I felt deep grief slash, you know, pressure to walk away from my clients and to leave something that had grown me. And there was there were so many things I didn't realize were keeping me there. Um, and I, I had 
step too far into be grateful for what you have versus what could you possibly create if you let something go, right? That there's like almost a, mm, what's the word? Not holding yourself back, but like a- it's Like a limiting belief or yeah, like a limiting that, belief. Uh-huh. That, that covers up your lack mentality. Yes. I was just talking about this yesterday. Like, oh yeah, you're, you're grateful for what you have and you never thought you'd be here and all of these things. Okay, well, what's the vision beyond the vision? How are you going to show up and serve now? You know, it's like, well, I'm just grateful. Oh, you mean you're comfortable? <laughs> you know, so good. Oh my gosh. I actually had to stop journaling for a couple of weeks, like how I used to do it, because I, I was in a place where I needed to stop talking about how grateful I was for what I currently had and just accept like, yeah, you created that. Of course, you, you're grateful. We got that, Jess. Like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's the next big vision? What What's going to stretch you out of being so grateful that you stay where you're at? And I don't know where I heard that. I think somebody, you know, smarter than me said it, but it's, they said it in the right way at the time I needed to hear it to shift my perspective enough to get me to take some action. And so about three months ago, I just quit. I just quit behind the chair. I had clients on the books and I literally send everybody a message. I'm so sorry that I'm texting you. I know we've known each other for 20 fucking years, but the time has come. I need to hit the pause button. I don't know if it's forever or always, but it's for now. And once I did it, I felt this huge weight of I'm so grateful for an industry that grew me into this human that I am to have the capacity to then lead the next version of whatever my story is going to be. And I'd felt like this podcast agency being burst, but I was like, who am I to start an agency? Like, I don't even do my own shit. Like all these limiting beliefs. I'm like, that's exactly why you should be doing it because you've done everything the hard way. You walk the walk, you talk the talk, you have a podcast, you love helping people, you love coaching people to this specific whatever do it. Get uncomfortable. Ask for help. Find someone who can do this. So I went full on and for two and a half, three months created everything that, you know, is is having that momentum. And it's crazy because I just opened my books back up for a couple of days here or there for my, my, my family and my favorite people. And it shifted everything in my life and business before it was like hair and then all of these other things. Now it's like all of these things and then a little bit of hair. It gets to be an and now. But for a while, it felt like a this or that. And I think sometimes we have to get to points in our life where it's like this or that. And then maybe you can add some things back in later. But, you know, for anyone listening to this podcast, they know the journey. And they've been they've been they've been along for the ride with me. And I just, you know, I always want to keep it transparent and real. Like those expectations that sometimes we put on certain things, you talked about it in the sense of friendships and people. I think that's the biggest killer of what opportunities and possibilities is if you remove those expectations around what could happen if you stepped into a room you've never been in or what could happen if you said hello to that woman that you want to maybe be friends with okay maybe it's just a five-minute conversation like you said and you were proud of yourself for stepping out of your comfort zone and saying hello I think that's the only way we can start to take those first steps and you and I were talking before we hit record about getting in new rooms around people that we don't really know what we're going to get out of it I think sometimes we stay safe. And I know a lot of people that listen to the show attend similar events year after year. And I think it's really cool to, I don't want to call us groupies. I'm one of them. Like, I love going to repeat things. I love feeling comfortable. I love running into old friends and I love that catch up. But I also asked myself the question as you were talking, like, why haven't I looked for other events to go to? Or why am I staying in the same rain? Well, because it's comfortable. 
Right. Yeah. And as I, as I think about that, so I think about getting a new room so I can expand, so I can find expanders. Cause like we were talking earlier, like we don't know what we don't know and it creates this vision for what's possible. So especially if you've gotten to a level of success, this is something I, I feel like you were kind of talking about. I, I reached like, I had this big vision for my life. And earlier this year I had to sit in like, wow, I did it. Like I'm there. And so it was an an appreciative moment, but there, I didn't have a vision beyond the vision yet for that, right? And so getting in rooms for expanders, but there's something to be said then about supporting the people that helped you along the way. So if you did go to those events, if you did, did join those programs or whatever, like how can you support them? Like I think of a lot of my friends or my mentors that have events. So something that I started doing last year was I was buying tickets and then doing an Instagram giveaway for the tickets. Because one thing that I know when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, because I spent 16 years in corporate leadership with JP Morgan, did all the things, six figure career, you know, and just like I, I was so incongruent with who I was on the outside and who I was on the inside. Anyways, I ended up leaving. But something I started doing was going to in-person events because I can I can only get so much from a book or a podcast. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of like live coaching online. And so I started going to in-person events and they're really the catalyst to my growth and expansion because growing up, I only had one success model. The success model was like, go to high school, hopefully go to college, get a career, work your way up, work as hard as you can, be the best at it, start your retirement by the, you know, I bought my house when I was 23, you know, had our family young, had all the things, did all, checked all the boxes. And then I was like, what the heck? So that was my one success model. So getting myself in rooms around these people really helped expand me. And then it grew the confidence within me that I could be around these people that had expanded, elevated mindsets, right? And that I was one of them as well, because we're all more the same than we are different. And so then I started investing myself in masterminds and that sort of thing. But getting in the room is so big. But even if you're like, oh, but I always go to this event, buy a ticket and give it away to someone that you know that could really use that expansion that you've received. Not only are you helping that person, but you're also still supporting that person that helped you along the way. And it's been it's been huge for me. I'm doing it again this year. Oh, okay. Well, challenge accepted. I didn't hear you say it, but I kind of felt that you just said it. I am going to do that for my listeners. I want to, I am attending the Powerhouse Women event this year. I've actually never gone in person. I only got to do it during her COVID. Yeah. And I was just a part of Lindsay's mastermind back in February, the Community Builders Mastermind. Mm -hmm. And I will buy a ticket for anyone who is interested in going. And there'll be some rules around that. You'll have to show me how maybe you did that to help, you know, drum, drum up some friendly competition to win that ticket. But I think, you know, if you are someone who has never yet put yourself in a room, or maybe you're someone who's bought a ticket in the past and then you don't show up. I learned the attrition rate for, you know, big events is around 18 to 20 percent of people who buy tickets and then don't show up. And it's for various reasons, right? Life can happen. But also, I do think there's that worthiness piece of who am I to walk into a room like that, maybe alone or what value do I bring? I know a lot of people felt that level of pressure when they walked into the mastermind for the first time, like everyone else probably has it all figured out. But me, it's interesting, right? So I, I love that. And I think I'm going to adopt that and 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 use that. So thank you for that. So, okay. Wild story. My boyfriend works for JP Morgan. So I love that you just touched on your lengthy career in the industry. Mm -hmm. His admin actually just gave notice today that she was leaving Chase. So 
I find this to be quite funny. I'm like, oh, maybe she needs to meet you. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there was this level. She's so brilliant, so smart, has so many like amazing skill sets. And I can just tell like this is not where she's supposed to be. What was the catalyst for you moving from that corporate world, right? Like modeling that success model like you talked about, because so many of us do. It's so much so a thing for me that I wrote a book about it. Like, what was the deciding factor in you saying something has to change? Like, like, tell me to walk me through that story. Mm, yeah. So I remember the morning and I was sitting in my Tahoe before we opened the doors right to our office. And at this time, I was running the number two revenue producing cost center in the state of Oregon, which meant that I needed to drive like 70 miles from my home in order to get to the office. But if you've ever been to Portland, Oregon, like the road system, whoever engineered that, no muy bueno. So anyway, so you have, I leave early because I would rather be in a state of like calm and peace. And like, I really, I, I still pride myself on being an amazing leader and being able to inspire people and connect with them and see them for their gifts. So that morning wasn't any different. I went over to the coffee shop and I got my Americano. At that time, I was still getting sugar-free vanilla syrup in it and a splash of almond milk. Don't do that anymore because, you know, chemicals are not great for you. But anyway, I had my Americano and I sat back in the car and I reached up and I was like, what is happening? And I realized that I was like crying. So I was upset. And, you know, I was the one, I was the strong one. I could carry everyone on my back. I would go to the grocery store and have like eight of those plastic bags cutting off circulation on your arms. And you like open the door with your foot. Can I help you? Oh, no, I got this. Or like, yeah, I need help. Like, give me help now. So anyway, I didn't know what was wrong. And I kind of cried a little bit, but I had to get in there. I had to run my sales meeting and run the day. I pull it together, come home at night. I tell my husband, Joel, like, what happened. And so he asked me the question that was really the catalyst to everything changing. And he goes, well, what's wrong? And I didn't hurt myself. This is why I would cry. Probably in the past, there wasn't a tragic accident. You know, I didn't really allow myself to feel, which helped me because it protected me from feeling anything negative. Right. But it also kept me from feeling all the real high good feelings. So I was always fine. And so, but I told him at this time, I don't know. And that's something that I'm you know, now when I'm coaching is like, that's a protective mechanism. But it's the words that I followed up with that statement were, but I'm going to find out. And so I sat out off this journey of just being curious of like, what is going on with me? Because you would think like, a few years before that, when I was 25, and I was diagnosed with MS that I pretty much hid from everybody and kept it like a deep, dark secret, because I didn't want anybody to look down on me. And I didn't want them to feel bad for me. And I didn't want, you know, any of that because I'm the strong one. Like you think that would get me to slow down? No, I just did more because, hey, tomorrow I might not be able to walk, talk and see. So I better do absolutely everything. Right. So I just got curious, like what's here for me? And I just kept coming back to this idea and I didn't know what it was at the time. I couldn't put words to it. But now I know I was being incongruent with who I truly was on the inside in the identity, the ego self that I had created for myself on the outside. And it was come, it was like, it was no longer whispering. It was like source, inner guide, spirit, whatever you believe in God was like, you got to do something now. And so at first I really tried to find like another job where I wasn't in a leadership position. Maybe it could be like a receptionist, but God's like, no, you're having not fucking doing that. Like no one would give me an interview because I'm way overqualified at this point, right? Like I could do the job of 20 receptionists. 
So anyway, I'm like, well, what am I curious about? And I always wanted to go to school and become a registered dietitian. But at the time, I told myself I couldn't because nine classes started at four. We had a family young. We have two kids. Our, our, our daughter's 21. Our son is 26. One's in Texas. One's in Oregon. But And so I was like, you know what? I realized I could become a holistic nutritionist. So I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. I gave my mom's notice. Scary as shit, right? Because at the time, again, what I didn't know was not only was I giving my mom's notice and getting uncomfortable and leaving this like really high paying job that was supporting my family, but I was also losing my identity. And so I had to figure out who the fuck, who I'm, I'm not sure if I can curse on your podcast, who, who I was, who I was. So that was the scary part. I still did work part. I, I got a part-time job. I will say that I had a security blanket for a nonprofit agency and a few different nonprofits recruited me, but I built my nutrition practice. And then my nutrition practice turned into a life coaching practice that turned into a life coaching academy to train other people. And here we are today. Wow. I I know that voice when, when she's not whispering anymore. She, it's like, She's screaming at you and it's like this exorcism that needs to happen sometimes. And it can look like just quitting your job. And I love when people share that behind the scenes story because so many people live in that state of unconsciousness. Like you were driving to work every day, checking the boxes, probably feeling really grateful that you had such a high paying, you know, leadership role at this company that's so, you know, prestigious and all of the things. It's like you have to tell yourself, this is what people People would kill for this job. People would, de- you know, that whole like Devil Wears Prada moment. But it's like at the end of the day, I think so many people are having these awakenings to discovering who they truly are once they tune out everything else, right? When we have these success models or we're conditioned at these early ages to do certain things because that's the right thing to do, a lot of us are, we aim to please. At the end of the day, most people are people pleasers. And I love how somehow that that label has gotten misconstrued as if it's a bad thing. Like if you're in any sort of service-based industry, you are a people pleaser. Your, your whole goal is to please your customer and to have a give a wonderful client experience. But to what extent, right? Like you're people pleasing to your parents, but never really figuring out what it is that you love or what you desire to do and become. I think it's wild that at 17 or 18, we're meant to discover or decide what we're going to want by the time we're 40 or 50 years old. And I feel like men get like the short end of the stick where they have these like midlife crisis. I think women do too. And especially if you have children young and then you finally can turn around and look in the mirror at yourself of like, okay, who am I when I'm not playing the role of mom? Who am I when I'm not playing the role of wife? Like we wear so many identities throughout even just one day. You know, who who do you listen to? Who do you lean into? And you, you don't know often until you're in those situations, right? Like some people have children and they're like, this actually wasn't for me. And that, you know, there's a disconnect there or vice versa. You know, somebody didn't want to have kids, then they end up getting pregnant and being the greatest thing that ever happened to them. So I think life is like that. And I think I'm just so excited that people are more willing to talk about these shifts and, and, and the fact that like you had to go get a second job. You had to go do something. You had to go back to school. You had to start over, right? You had to be new at something again. Talk me through what that challenge felt like, even though you were excited to step into something new. I know there's people listening right now, a lot of women especially, who have a deep desire for more or for change or to step into something, but they've already committed so much time to their industry. They've built a career. They've built this clientele and they may want to try something else, but they have no idea like how, what, how, what would that even look like to start over? Like, how do you wrap your head around that? Do you need to be so 
committed to something new before you let something go? Like, I think a majority of people couldn't just up and quit their job. But like, what would be some advice or what do you talk to about or to people in your group that come into wanting to do even maybe what you do? I'm sure you have people who are still teetering between exploring becoming a health coach or being in that holistic space, but not really fully committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it goes down to understanding that there's a difference between our talents and gifts. So talents are things that we've practiced over time that people have told us that we're good at. So for example, my leadership ability and my ability to lead dynamic teams to the level that we needed to in my in my corporate career. And all these things were talents and I got promotions for them and I got awards for them. But I wasn't leaning into my gifts. Now, sometimes they kind of like like blend and you, and you don't really know. Like I was the one that could come into any team and I could sit down with an employee and instantly I could see them and I could see a vision for them of where they could be and understand what they're missing, connect with them in a way that they felt comfortable and they felt seen. So this is me being a coach, right? But I just was like, I could, I'm just really good. I can just get along with everyone, you know, like I can go to any team. So there's a difference between our talents and gifts. And because we so operate in our ego self and our ego self is just the conditioning based on experiences, based on what we learned over life, based on maybe big T, little T trauma, traumatic events. So our ego self is we've built up to keep ourselves safe, seen, soothed or secure. Right. And so this is the identity that we have on the outside. That's where our talents are. But when we can start pulling back some of those layers and understanding what our gifts are on the inside, these are the things that people say like, oh, you're just so good at that. Or things that you're just good at that you just inherently do that you maybe are not getting paid for at all, but you could just do them. Or the things that you could just like lose track of time completely. And you're just in that flow, in that ease state, because that's your authentic self. So trying to figure out some of those things. How do you figure it out if you don't know? Guess what? Why not ask people? I remember sending an email one time to a handful of friends and family, like curious, what do you think I'm so gifted at? Like, what do you really appreciate that I that I do? And it's so fun, like to get answers back and just to see like what comes through and then being able to be in like this state of curiosity. Because the thing that I did when I first left is I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a mentor. I just had my podcast and my books and my in-person events a couple times a year and really trying to like guide this thing by myself. And so the only thing I knew was work hard work hard and be the best you can at it. And so while I left my corporate career, I started this nutrition practice, a holistic nutrition practice that turned into like the holistic life coaching that I do now. But back then I was like, let's just see how many clients that I could get. So I got 20 one-on-one clients and then I was like, whoa, this is a lot. I better do a group program. Then I got like 75 people in a group program. And then I started getting referrals, right? Because I lived in a small community that needed this information. But the thing that I didn't know was I was just working, 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 working. I didn't have systems. I didn't have any help. I just went from working to working. And I wasn't doing the inner work that I needed to do in order to be able to get to the next level. Yeah, I achieved success right away, but I wasn't going to be able to sustain that because I didn't do any of the personal growth work or really understand like how my ego worked, how I wanted to operate based on my gifts versus my talents. So it was like I was using my talents again, just in a different way. That was my journey. And so I dove more into getting coaching for myself, getting additional life coaching certifications, spiritual cer- certifications and that sort of thing. 
But going like wrapping it full around to your question is like get curious on what lights you up and start just trying it out. And you don't even have to be like making money from it. You could just be trying it out because maybe that's maybe that's not the thing. You know, I had a client that knew that she wanted to leave her teaching career. And so she thought she wanted to start this travel business. So we were really like coming up with this vision for this travel business. It was beautiful and great. It was like kind of like a concierge travel service and she loved travel and she had been good at it. It was She felt like maybe it was a gift for her. And then all these life things started happening and her family needed her. And she kind of pulled back from the travel business. And we had talked about some other ideas and things that she was interested in. So it turns out full circle, she just messaged me the other day and she sent me pictures of her out in Montana planting trees because now the job that she has, it's just part-time and it's just it's for like a, a nature coalition there locally where she lives. So she could be present with her family, but also this was an interest that she had like years and years and years ago. But I say that to say because sometimes we think it's one thing, but it's still like we're pushing based on like our talents or what we think we should be doing. Honestly, she really didn't even have to work because of the financial stability that they had within their family but inside she was telling herself that she needed to right to to feel to feel good about herself so just being curious staying open trying things out and having momentum so momentum in moments leads to movements because life always meets you at your point of action so if you're uncertain what to do just take action on something that lights you up and then collect evidence get curious and re revisit it and do it over and over again and see what comes I love that. So much good stuff in there. I hope you guys go back and listen to this episode and just really sink in these juicy nuggets of just what you're sharing because your client is a perfect example of what happens to a lot of people that I see come into the mastermind when I worked for them for the last couple of years. Like they think it's one thing or they've been told their gifts are this, or maybe they do have these gifts and talents and they want to transition into something else. And, you know, for me, pushing to coach to the beauty industry never felt quite right. But I was like, people come to me for advice in the industry all the time. I've owned salons like this is who I should be talking to. This is who I should be coaching to. This is the stuff I should be talking about. And I tried and I tried and I and I tried various things. And while I was able to help a lot of people, it just didn't feel like where I was supposed to be. And so I went from working, like you said, hard over here to working hard over here. And it just still didn't feel in alignment. It didn't feel right. And the next step that I took was just creating the podcast without expectation around where it might go, who it might be speaking to in the future, mm-hmm. and just taking that actionable step of like, I don't know, but I'm betting on me. And after like a year plus of running it under Beauty Inspires Beauty, only speaking to the industry, we rebranded back in January to be more inclusive and to help people connect their voice to their brand through personal branding, personal growth, like all the things that we're just sharing through story right now. And I would have never seen myself as a full-time podcaster slash now I get to coach to people who want to have podcasts and to strategically grow their show. So the coaching piece was always kind of there and kind of what I knew I was meant to be doing because people would always come to me and ask me questions. Hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, can I ask you this? But it just I, I couldn't figure out what it was until I tried something that didn't make sense, which was starting the show. Right. And like, I didn't know where it was going to go. And, you know, people see me now where I'm at with the show and they're like, oh, must be nice. Or, you know, they say things like, oh, that's easy for her because blah, blah, blah. Well, it wasn't easy and it wasn't a straight path in the beginning. I didn't have instant success around anything. If anything, I had all the proof of why I should stop and go back and do hair. 
And it was just that knowingness that if I kept trying things on for size, I knew that something would settle. And I knew that once I figured it out, it was going to click for me and I was going to be able to like, it was like this person where you pick up the running person and then you set them on the wrong treadmill or you set, you know, I just needed to be put on the right treadmill. And I think that's what a good coach and a good mentor and a good safe space can do and why I'm such a huge advocate for people joining masterminds or coaching programs or getting a mentor because they can help you see through the bullshit things that you tell yourself or the stories that you've convinced yourself you're not smart enough to do this or you're not young enough to try this new thing or that maybe isn't the right step. So I think there's got to be some takeaways you've learned through all the people that have gone through your coaching programs. Is there like one or two underlying things around resistance that you see people deal with or struggle with when they come into your program? Like it's one thing to commit to it, right? Pay the money, say they're going to show up. But what does it look like for people in your group that sometimes come up against that resistance piece? Really the work that we do with our egos. So our ego self. So just to define it for people, your ego self is based in fear and limiting beliefs. And your highest self, your authentic self is based in love and connection and ease and flow and creativity and all those things. It's like your direct line to God, to source, to spirit, to the universe. And so working with our egos, like we think we're doing it, but we're not quite going deep enough. And so making sure to get them to go deep enough. Like they might say something like, well, I was super self-aware that, you know, my perfectionist tendencies were coming in again when I wanted to do this this certain way for my fiance and it wasn't working out and I was really like just stressed over it. And so I know that that's because of, you know, I always try to make things perfect and so instead of just stopping there, though, it's like, well, OK, let's go a little bit further. So what would happen if it's not perfect? And, you know, she stopped for a second. and She's like, well, I don't know. He wouldn't be happy. What would happen if he's not happy? Well, if he's not happy, then he might leave me. And what would happen if he leaves me? Well, I might get hurt. Well, are you afraid of getting hurt? Yeah, I'm afraid of getting hurt. Okay, let's talk about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we are not quite going deep enough. And so that's the work that we do in Flow Academy. And it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to do it because how I teach, how you become a holistic life coach is you do the work yourself. That's the only way you're going to be an amazing, excellent coach. You could be a good coach, right? But good is always going to keep you from great. And so if you do the really hard work, then you'll be able to coach it too because you you understand it. So that's the first thing. And then understanding the idea of there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my life. Everything just is. That's really hard to, to soak that in. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with life. Everything just is. And I'm fully held by life in ways that I fully do not understand. But I am here for it. And I'm going to show up each day with this sense of faith and belief and calmness and curiosity that creates so much vitality and aliveness in my body that it's just going to be illuminating from me and I'm going to illuminate others and we're all going to do this together. It's not going to be perfect and I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay because guess what? That just means I'm in deep learning when I'm making mistakes and I'm failing and then I can show up the next day because guess what? God renews my mind every single day and I have an opportunity to choose something different. And so that's the hardest thing. That right there is the hardest thing because we get so wrapped up in our conditioning. But if you can unwind, like what, what is that? Like what's the thing? So you talk about people pleasing, perfectionism, procrastination. 
whatever it is, self-sabotage, whatever the thing is that you know that you're doing, we got to get under there. We got to dig it out. And then we have to be able to, when we're going through life, we have to remember that we're going to keep our inner peace no matter what, no matter what. And so no matter what happens externally. And so we have to see when we're being triggered. And in those moments, you have to give yourself a pause. Permission to pause is the biggest thing that you could do. Permission to pause. Why am I being triggered right now? What am I feeling? What do I need? Give yourself what you need. Get back into alignment with your highest self, and then you can keep going. Um, It sounds simple when I say it. It's challenging to do, but if you practice it over and over and over again, the idea is that you're not ever going to be triggered, but you're going to come back so much faster. And you're going to be living in this state of flow and freedom and ease and just alignment that, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and we we always have deep, meaningful conversations. She's one of those friends that I had that I was be the one, you know, and I'm and I've lived here in Miami Beach for a little over two years and we've become to grow to be great friends. Her name is Candace. She runs a program called The Slow Year where she teaches you how to do everything slowing down, not rushed, like slow sex slow foods, slow business, all the things. Anyway, so we were talking and it was this, she shared with me this idea that someone had told her that they're attracted to other people's joy. And I was sitting with that and I was like, wow, I, that is really resonating with me because one of the things that I was, I've been considering over the last few years, a lot of people have told me when I ask for feedback around my business is that I need to share more real life things, which means like need to be less positive. I need to be less like, hey, this is Carmen. And I started thinking about and I told her, you know what? Like 98% of the time I feel good. I focus on feeling good. I've built my life in this way. I love my life. I love where I'm at. I love how I get to serve. Nothing's perfect, but I'm not sharing shitty things because I don't look at them like that. And so I don't need to be changing myself to just because someone else sees life through a different lens. And so it was really interesting reflection for me because I I do still, I was still pondering, well, how can I share more challenging things to be more relatable to people? But why not just show up and be the one to show the world how great life truly is? And so then they know that they can do that too. Like, it's okay. Like how many people have a hard time saying my life is great, even if they feel like it's great? They want to think about something that's not great because we have that negativity bias. So I really went off on a weird tangent there. And I am for, I have forgotten what the original question was. Honestly. You and matter. That's the, that is why podcasting is the jam. That's why podcasting is so amazing because well, we were with you. Whoever's listening right now with me, I was sitting here receiving everything like when you're getting channeled messages to share, like you're, you let that shit flow. And it's so true. And it's so interesting. The first time I ran my beta coaching program, I asked, you know, five girls I knew in the industry that I knew could trust me or that I trusted them to go through a a four-week coaching program. And one of the girls was one of my old assistants. And I just want to tell this story really quick because it's it was one of the first eye-opening and I was so glad it happened. We got on the first call and I said, okay, well, I'm stepping into this space. I'm not quite sure what direction my coaching will be, but let's talk about what's going on in your life. And how I might be able to help you navigate certain things. I don't remember exactly what I said. And she was really quiet for a second. And she goes, you know, Jess, I feel really bad. And I was like leaned in for the pause. And I was like, oh, it's going to be good, juicy. She's going to tell me some fucked up shit. And she goes, I'm like really happy with my life. 
And I was like, like, what do you feel bad about? And she's like, I feel really bad that I'm really happy with my life because no one around me I can share that with because it sounds braggy or it feels like I'm not commiserating with people or people love to connect on the bullshit. And she, I could literally say she went off to live happily, happily ever after. Like she is one of those people who kind of always knew who she was and she had a great upbringing, whatever the case might be. It just was the most beautiful answer that I thought to myself, the same thing like you, you know, I do try to showcase when things aren't perfect, but I share it in a positive way in a way that's solution-based, in a way that I learn from, right? I want to show the whole experience. I don't pop on when I'm in my feels to give you all the bullshit and leave you hanging. Like, I remember my mom saying that to me one time when I would call with, you know, drama. And she'd like, <laughs> she'd be like, well, why didn't you call me back and let me know everything was okay? I'm like, well, of course everything's okay. She's like, well, I didn't know that everything was okay. You didn't call to tell me the good stuff. You only called to tell me the bad stuff. You only called to dump on me. And I thought, well, what a shitty daughter. Like, that's not a great yeah, life drop moment for the mom. <laughs> totally. And so like at one point, my best friend and I were doing that for a long time where we'd call with all the bullshit. And we finally said to each other, we can call and talk about things that are challenging, but we have to put a bow on it. We have to end it with a positive or like, what are you going to do about it in a positive way? Or how could you have handled that better? So we started having more productive conversations. We started kind of coaching to each other or acknowledging where we may have could done better, right? You have. So I want to do a second episode. I want to have you back on the show because there's so much more I want to unpack and talk about. This is going to be part one of our interview with Carmen. There's so much more here and... If at any moment you were listening to this podcast saying, I need to get in this woman's world, I have been curious about stepping into holistic coaching, I have no idea where to start, jump in her DMs, ask her questions. She was so gracious to spend an hour of her time with us today. I want to make sure that we get to some more useful, tangible takeaways that I know she can give us. So we're going to record a second episode. I've already putting that out there, if that's okay with you. I would love that. I've loved the okay. conversation and we are, we are just vibing and that's the best way. So I know so many people are going to get so much from this and I can't wait to talk to everybody in the DMs about their takeaways or any questions that they might have as well. For sure. And let's leave them with one last thing. I know people look at, we'll say women like us, I'm just going to group us in, people who are thriving, who have found that quote unquote balance of a happy life, even though they like to work really hard. Like how do you actually have balance around hard work and achieving goals while including things like your friend who coaches to doing things slowly or having that stillness in your life or including play? Like that's been a big one for me. Is is there such thing as balance or is it really individual based? Because I just listened to an Alex Hermosi podcast when he was on with Stephen Bartlett and he was like, you know, fuck people who tell me I need to find balance and that I can't just play video games and work 12 hours a day. He's like, that's what I like to do. That is balance for me. I want to Netflix and work. That's it. And I was like, yeah, do you should. That is your balance, sir. Like I, I it resonated with me, even though he said it in a very like masculine dickhead right. kind of way. But it's true. So where where do you find the answer to that question? Mm -hmm. So balance, I don't use that word, but I use integration. Mm. And so when you are stepping out of your talents and stepping into your gifts, whatever they are, like that gentleman said, his gifts is his working and then it's his playing his video games. Maybe that's his hobby. Because when you have hobbies, you're actually in that flow state more often that I talked about, which is your authentic self. So everybody go out and get a hobby ASAP. But it's about integrating. But you can't integrate until you have a sense of calmness. You have to start with calmness first. So doing whatever you can to create the space 
to be calm, to be able to get the clarity of what's most important to you in this season of your life. If you don't do this part, you're going to miss out and you're always going to be feeling like you're behind or you need to do more. So create the calmness to create the clarity and figure out what's most important to you, not your mom, not society, not what other people are doing, what feels good to you and lights you up and what you want to build the legacy for others, for your family, for yourself. Figure that out. And then you have to figure out what one or two things you're going to be focusing on and then build your life around that. Because yeah, you can do it all, but that's probably the vision for maybe six months from now or a year from now. You have it written down, you're ready to go, but you're focusing on a few things because when you focus on a few things, you can actually do them with excellence. I used to always try to do everything at all the time. And so I was never achieving greatness or excellence or making the impact that God was telling me to make with my voice being bold and speaking out because I was always doing all this little shit on the side. Yeah, was it making an impact? Yes. But was it impact in reaching the masses like I'm doing now? No. So get get calmness, get clarity, get your focus, and then build your life around that because it's up to you to decide how you want to live your life. And last note, if you have any takeaway, it just doesn't all have to be done today. Mm. Let's just sit in that moment of knowing you don't have to do everything today and you don't have to have it all figured out by the end of the week. You know, get calm is one of those. You should just come up with a brand called Get Calm. I feel like and on the back, I should just list all the ways that we can find ways to find pockets of calmness. And and that's why, you know, my journey into breathwork happened and my journey into coaching and my journey into taking a pause from the salon, like finding those moments of calmness, those days, weeks, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's five minutes, helps you find that clarity piece. So hopefully this podcast gave you a sense of calmness and hopefully you walk away with some clarity and that little bit of confidence that you need to take the first step. And maybe it is this week. And we'd love to hear what your first step is. What what are you stepping into that we can celebrate you for and to, and to remind you that yeah, you're on the right path. And I love what you said, that last piece about spreading your focus too too wide and not going deep enough into what you're really supposed to focus on. But if you are brand new, like you have our permission, not that you maybe needed it, but to try on things for size and see what feels right and see what maybe that next piece of true alignment can feel like for you. And don't be surprised if you try on something like your your client with the travel or me stepping into coaching in the beauty industry and it doesn't feel right. Like mm-hmm. acknowledge that, say, okay, now I know and now I can choose something different. Now I can take a different step because it's not without it's not without little bits of failure or little bits of letdown that we experience the joy. We have to know both the light and the dark. So find that sense of calm. Hopefully this podcast made an impact on you today, Carmen. You are coming back. We are doing more deep diving into this soul work. I love it so much. You guys, this is what can happen if you... Open yourself up to the world. Say hello to people. Maybe start a podcast so that you can get people into your world and you can get into their world. I'm just saying. I'm just going to keep saying it. And we will have Carmen back on the show again for another deep dive expansion on blowing your mind and hopefully expanding your life. So Carmen, we will see you on the next episode of Unscripted. You guys go follow her. Just scroll down to the show notes. You'll learn all the things. And we are so grateful you're here. And we'll see you on the next one. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.